GT. What's up, bro? We're back for episode two of Date Night Conversations with my special guest, April. <laughs> April, welcome back to the show that you co-host. <laughs> Thank you. You're such a nerd. <laughs> We're feeling good today. Uh, DT, we have uh, some Tembler El Cerrito. Oh, cheers. cheers. We did some tacos. Some really good tacos. Where did the tacos come from? Okay, no free ads. So no free advertising. Can we not even like a little shout out for them? Like, hey, tacos are great. Go check this place out. Yeah, we, who was it? I don't know. You tell me. Sancho's Tacos. Legit. Those things are good they are amazing i think the best tacos in bakersfield the carne asada that has whatever the sauce is on that is it's super good all right sancho's tacos there's your plug uh yeah you are welcome i mean i'm not sure that we have a single listener so it's not really <laughs> advertising not really but you know that we love like, you sancho's tacos and we're going to name drop tembler el cerrito yeah because already, yeah, already committed well you didn't know you weren't supposed to yeah my <laughs> bad so DT, we have something else that we poured for you, um, and April's going to tell you a little bit about it, and we want you to try it. She brought you a little present. Okay. Uh, so I think this was during the first time, the first COVID shutdown. You know, it was super uh, boring and uh, nothing to do, and Brent brought home some moonshine from somebody else that they had made, and then I thought, well, that's, first of all, it was super good, and I was like, I could do that, right? And so I just started Googling stuff and then thought I can make my own apple pie moonshine. So I did. <laughs> so that's what I brought. So how long have you been perfecting it for? Uh, months it's now? It's been since, I think it was Christmas time, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So almost a year. Yeah. This is probably like your third batch. Mm, maybe fourth. Third or fourth batch. Yeah. Okay. And it's right. a little bit different it every time. It smells really good. A little bit because I'm like, yeah, do I like this? Do I like that? You know. So I'm a big Christmas guy. I feel like this would be like, it kind of smells like Christmas right. a little bit. It does smell like Christmas. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah so right. we were, you were going to try to take a drink earlier, but we didn't want you to. We wanted to do on air. That way we catch your honest thoughts um, of it. So let's. So here we go. Let's see. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Man, that's good. It is, right? I, it's like you get that little like kind of like uh tangy zing from like the apple pot like the apple. Yeah. Really good. Obviously yeah. you'd never know there's alcohol in it. Yeah. Right. That's I mean, it's super probably it. creep up on you. You yeah. drink a lot of it. Really, really good though. Thanks. I like it. Some cinnamon. Yeah. She got cinnamon sticks in there. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. I like it a lot. Thanks for bringing that. Yeah. I'm gonna take the rest of that too. Yes, yeah. please. Take do. the mason jar. We have like, I don't know, twelve in the <laughs> probably, <laughs> twelve. <laughs> probably twelve yeah, or something like left. that. Because when I make it, you know, I make it in a giant pot. Batches. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, I got like you. Big batch. Like 12 mason jars or something. Cool. Yeah. So if you listen to the first episode, we, we're we not having any alcohol because we're doing the 75 hard challenge. Mm -hmm. That's we right. We completed. We did. Complete. We made it. Yeah, we did. We did it. It was what an excellent experience to, uh, to go through um, and to learn good challenge. And uh, it kind of brought us closer together, I think. I think so. It was a good thing. Uh, I think we held each other accountable. Uh, and, you know, even having to do the exercise outside, we did together a lot. You know, in the evenings, we would walk or in the mornings together. So we really enjoyed those times. In fact, I was we were kind of like disappointed when it got hotter and we couldn't do that in the evening, you know, in the evenings. Um, so 
It was good. Yeah, it, it was, was good. good. We'll probably do it again maybe at the beginning of the year because he didn't want to do it during holidays because he <laughs> likes to eat everything he can. <laughs> I can't blame him. Yeah. He was like, what do you say to that? He's like, are we going to do like phase two or this? I was like, no, no, I'm cool. He's like, uh, January? Maybe January. <laughs> He's like, I want to eat whatever I want on Thanksgiving. I feel like. I want to have some apple pie moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, first of all, really inspiring to hear that you guys got closer. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, you always look for stuff in your, you know, in your marriage that you can improve. And like, that's, that's really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing a 30 day hard. Okay. And now I'm breaking talking. the rules right now. <gasps> oh, back to day one, bro. <laughs> you should have told us we never oh, would have. No, you're doing I'm not going to tell you no. Oh, oh, never would have. Uh, we never would have even tempted you with That's this. Funny. So, okay. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll say this in my rules. I didn't put no drinking. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. In everyone else's rules, they put, they limited or eliminated their drinking. Oh, okay. okay. So in my rules, I'm, I can still drink. <laughs> All right. I, I took an easy one. Man. <laughs> no, I think I did. Um, I did. A, uh, I committed to hitting my uh, my boxing class twice a week. Okay. Uh, family day once a week. Good. Um, golf once a week. Okay. And then uh, there was one other one that I committed to. Can't remember what it was. Oh, um, I got to cook at home five days a week. Okay. So I think it's pretty fair. That's cool. Right. 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 A lot like of people it. struggle with eating at home a lot. I, I, yes. hundred percent. Yeah. I think so. It's healthier. Oh, for sure. Easier on the pocketbook. Yeah. A little bit. Like some, some discipline. So that's so good. So 30 days. Um, I'll tell you what, I've met my golf goal every week. <laughs> Outside of that. Uh, where do you play? Um, where? Mm, uh, wherever. I, yeah. Kind of wherever. Any county course. Okay. I have a, a couple of buddies. I got some memberships at some okay. clubs, so I get in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, enough about me, but I just wanted to share with you guys. I, I took the leap doing I a like little doing 30 no, day hard. That's the, yeah. That's the so thing, we're in the midst of the holidays. We decided not to do a, a 75. All right. Maybe January 1st. Maybe. maybe I, I don't know. Year's we got a bunch of people that have said like, yeah, it, after the holidays, we'll do it with you. We'll Let's do get it a group you. together. Jan January 1st. That's what makes you stronger Let's really see. though. No, it absolutely yeah. does. Yeah. When you have, as opposed to someone being like, oh, well, we're going to, we were going to go out and drink tonight, but you're not, you know, <laughs> like, no. Or we could all come over and exercise. <laughs> Drink water. Go to the the compound and everyone's working out outside. <laughs> it's like a prison yard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, we still gotta uh get get Andy, send Andy the podcast. See if we can get oh, him on yeah. here. We'll interview yeah. him. And if we interview him and he comes on here, you're gonna have to commit to it, DT. Really? Uh, yeah. Have to do it. I, I think if we get the man on here, the dude who comes up with the program, that's true. He comes on here, it's gonna be hard to tell him no. Yeah. Cause he's gonna make fun of you for not for lis for listening to your bitch voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool, man. I, yeah. I could we I could use it. I'm not gonna deny that, but <laughs> it's not easy though. It, it really is does take some discipline. Yeah, it was. Sure. It was a lot of work. Yeah. So I mean, so since the last time we were in here, we had that uh, family. Everybody got COVID, but uh, thank goodness we came out from it okay. The kids, yeah. you had it. I had it. Your mom got it. We. We kids were home it. for way too many days Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, nobody can get it all, you know, start at the same time. Right. So it was like the first one, you know, they're off 10 days and then the next one you're like, oh, yeah, no. you're like, I think we were stuck at home for like 24 days. I was like, we have I've got to get out of this yeah. house. I'm yeah. going to kill all of you. Yeah. So date night conversation night couldn't come at a better time. Yeah. Get a chance to get out and uh, catch up a little bit. No, yeah. That's great, man. And we I kind of dealt with something similar. I got it about. 
seven, eight days in, my father-in-law, who was living with me at the time, he ended up getting it. And uh, so it put us about the same, about 20, 25 days. Yeah. It's brutal. It's yeah. just it's a, just a really shitty stretch of time. It <laughs> is because you weren't just stuck at home. Like the kids are at home and they're not going to school and you're just thinking... And then, you know, when you don't feel good, it wasn't like we were like, oh, let's all do schoolwork together. Are you right. kidding me? It was like, I'm going to go to sleep and uh, there's peanut butter and jelly in the, in the fridge. Yeah. So good luck. Yeah, especially with your symptoms being like super fatigued. Yeah, that's, still that's bother tough. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would get up still, though, in the morning and, of course, take his computer and go to the table and still work. And then maybe till like three instead of till five and then go to sleep or take a nap or whatever. But of course he still worked every day. I got a lot of done, a lot of work, a lot oh of work my. done. That's impressive, man. Yeah. Honestly. No, it's only cause I didn't want to fall farther behind. Yeah. Well, but yeah, you know, I, when there's not the interruptions of people walking into the office, phone ringing or anything, you get a lot done. Yeah. True. Yeah. Every day I'd be like, so how many emails do you have now? And he's like, I only have like 137. And I was like, <laughs> only and He's like, yeah, I had 500 when I started. Yeah. That that is true. I mean, because you imagine getting back after that time and not doing a thing, wow. just being swamped, miserable. I so I plan my real estate uh, license expired this year. Oh, really? So I planned on super procrastinated, but went to Cabo and I was like, okay, when I get back from Cabo, I'll have ten days. To oh, complete and that's it. when you got sick, right? So I get back from Cabo, and I'm like, the day like the day after I got home, I'm like, okay, now I need to hop on this. Uh, real estate license and just get it squared away well i got sick so i was just a complete pos when i was sick and just did not do any of it so dude, i fell behind on that that's the problem man yeah procrastinating oh dude yeah that's my life man <laughs> I work, but see i work really well under pressure mm -hmm. that's i mean that's i'm really good at that so yeah i have to otherwise yeah. i don't do as good a job <laughs> i i i'm kind of similar you know like the real estate game, there's like sometimes you're with clients and stuff pops up where you got to kind of like put some fires out immediately. So, yeah, working under pressure is no problem. But I was just I was way more sick than I thought I was going to be. So right. Just fell way behind. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, man. I'm happy. We're happy. We all got through it, man. Now we have antibodies. I know. I'm like, now OK, we're good. good. We're good. Yeah. I was like, so did you get your license squared away? Are you riding dirty right now? No, or no, what, it's dude? done, man. It's like, done. And come okay. to find out, the DRE wasn't penalizing people for not get, not mm, completing. You had the COVID exemption. Exactly, exactly. Oh so if not, You're I was going to call him right now. Right. Don't don't because I just got through another BS uh, DRE complaint. Oh my god! I like uh, you riding dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I was for like five days, mm -hmm. and I had deals too. I was like, man, I'm not going to get paid on this. Not, but no, no, You're good we, we got it squared away. Okay. Good. You're good. good. All right. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, nothing. Nothing too crazy. Just been. Just been the normal stuff. Normal stuff. Life, yeah. kids. Uh, we have, uh, we had a fundraiser that we did, and that took a lot of our time yeah. uh, putting that on. Weeks. How long did you guys like plan that, and how how long did you prep for it before the actual date? Like the whole organization. Almost a year. Yeah, spend, yeah, they spent a lot of time in the April's yeah. part of the event no committee. That's, like a, a, that's a long time. There's a whole committee of people that volunteer and put in a lot of time and stuff, and April's part of that group. Yeah, there's, um, I'm I'm not sure how many people on actually on the committee for planning it, um, but you know we would have meetings like once a month, and then it went you know in the last I don't know, 
two months or something. It went to like once every two weeks and then it was once a week until it happened. Um, and of course I got COVID in the middle of that so wow. that I'm missing a few meetings, but, yeah. um, yeah. So probably you know, we always joke cause it's fun. It's done now. And we're like, okay guys, you know, shoo, it's done. Thank goodness. See you in two weeks. We can start planning for next year. Yeah. So was that the, the first, the first one you guys did for that particular uh, no, it's the first one in the last couple of years because oh. of all the COVID stuff yeah, for yeah. sure. But um, a really great local fundraiser and the money raised goes to uh, benefit and impact the organization that works to prevent uh, human trafficking. So it's oh, a really amazing organization that does some great yeah. work here in our community. And the best part about it is that it's spread all throughout the world in like nine different countries. And they just do some really, really amazing things to help um, preserve and protect life. That's cool, man. And so yeah, it's a really cool organization. So well, what what's it called? So we can share. It's, yeah, it's called Global Family. Is okay. the name of the organization, and uh, just uh, it's got definite strong uh, Bakersfield based ties, and then they're just in a variety of different countries. Right. And so someday uh, we'd like to have Clark and Jennifer Jensen here with us, and we'd love to kind of hear their story about how they founded the organization and they've dedicated their lives to it. Right. And they do a lot of really amazing things all across the world, and just helping people and it gets funded all across the world from the generosity of the people here in Bakersfield. So man, it's amazing. That is really cool. It's amazing. Yeah, man. Give me some more info on that because my yeah. wife would love it. Yeah. Right. You know, you need like, you need help. You need someone that could really dedicate some time. She'd be really happy to do that. Yeah, man. So yeah, let yeah. me know about that. Yeah, we will for sure. We were talking in our last meeting uh, after, I guess you would call it like a debriefing mm -hmm. <laughs> after the fundraiser. Yeah, Brent would call it a debriefing. Yeah. That was probably the uh, the biggest thing is that um, we need more volunteers to help because there was just so much work on the volunteers that we do have. Everybody's played. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it would just, yeah. Yeah. More volunteers to help put this thing on. Because this is a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but it is a lot of work for everyone. Yeah, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, you know, a successful event means that you guys did a lot for the organization and were able to, you know, raise funds or whatever you were doing. But I'm sure it was a ton of work for people mm -hmm. and um, I mean, everybody could use volunteers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that's been the big news. I think uh, around town, we talked about it a little bit, you know, everybody that lives here knows and loves and appreciates and respects the, uh, the service of uh, deputy Philip campus who we lost tragically and uh, somebody that, we didn't know well, but just knew at least a little bit, but something that just impacted us and our family and our community. And so uh, that was been, um, that's been uh, just hard for our entire community, I think, to look at and, and hear. And so we've been definitely sending our thoughts and prayers to his family and um, his wife and his kids and his coworkers and stuff. But that's something that we've talked a lot about in our house with our kids and what service and sacrifice looks like. And, um, and, that, and that's it, man. That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, for sure. unfortunately those things happen. Right. And, um, you know, uh, my wife, you know, knew him growing up, um, Philip and, uh, she probably hadn't talked to him in a, I don't know, a couple of years, but it really hit her hard, man. I mean, people that know Philip knew he was a, just an incredible person to be around. And so uh, the people in the community that that su support law enforcement were really impacted by that. Yeah, for sure. And and I didn't know him well other than hi and bye, how you doing, definitely knew his reputation. But, you know, just 
some just amazing stories that have come out about him and just the type of person that he was and just somebody I wish I had the opportunity to know a little bit more, but you know, we just, we respect tremendously. It was just something that we, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about in our house. Yeah. It hits, it hits, it hits close to home for us. Oh yeah. Um, and I, uh, I have a group text with a, a bunch of the lady, the SWAT ladies and usually anything, ha- anything happens, anything that's, you know, when we were having protests or when, um, you know, anything big, one of the guys get hurt or something like that. I always send texts out to them, checking on them, you know, just connect, connecting with them because, um, while he's not on SWAT anymore, you know, he was for a lot of years and, um, being a SWAT wife is different than being a regular wife because there's things that come up and it happens and it's fast. And a lot of times there's not like a, Oh, Hey, by the way, this is happening. It's just, you might not even hear about it from your spouse. You might hear about it from the news, from one of the other, you know, people that you know, that's just going to call you. So it is it. And then the work that they do is so important, but also so encompassing at that moment, you might not hear anything for a while. So it's kind of a way to connect to just, um, give them some, you know, some kind of comfort of somebody else that understands it. So you guys, we all try to connect and make sure we're all supported. And if somebody hears something that everybody, you know, all of us know and pray for one another and stuff like that. So, um, it, it really hit some of them really hard. Oh yeah. Even I could imagine. some of them were like, Hey, I don't even really, I've, I've never even met him or, you know, some of them did like, no, Oh, I know his wife or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just hits hard because you feel like it's like you, you kind of, even though some of these people you don't, you become this big family because you know, you always have each other's back. Yeah. And so, um, it just, it just hits close to home, like a, you know, a, some kind of relative that it happens to. Yeah. Um, it's tough to say this, but at any given day, it could be anyone in that group chat, right? Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. You know, it just, fortunately, it's not, you know, hasn't or wasn't ever, you know, Brent, but, yeah. you know, it could have been. And, you know, it's really nice for, obviously, mental health is so important now. And yeah, it's really sure. cool that the yeah. world's kind of opened up and shed a light on it. 100%. But, uh, you know, that those type of groups are... God, the support there is, you know, goes a long, long way for sure. And, and really, you know, it's it's relative and it kind of goes over to any branch of work or, or anybody's walk of life, losing somebody, however you lose them, when you lose somebody unexpectedly and how you grapple with that. And, um, you know, we're just starting to read a book about that. And, and I know you finished the book and I hadn't read it and, and I'd like to read a little bit more about that, maybe delve a little bit more about loss and how you manage loss and how you utilize those things. I mean, you know, it sounds like such a cliche to say it's a part of part of life, but it's not something I've always been good with coping on how to, how you grapple with those type of things. So, um, just, yeah, it's just been, uh, that's a, it's a tough part of life, obviously. And, uh, things that just other loss that we've had in our life haven't always known how to really grapple with it and deal with it well. You know, so well, I, I think we might have touched on this in the first one. I don't remember, but any kind of loss creates grief in your life. It doesn't doesn't have to be a big loss, a financial loss, a job loss, loss of a person. Any of that creates grief. And a lot of times our life is so busy, we don't really deal with it. It's just kind of shoved to the side. You know, hey, we got to this for everyone, not saying us. You're just like and I think we're kind of programmed that like, as far as loss, it's it's only someone's death that is a loss, but it's not. 
you know, there's lots of things in life that creates loss, which creates grief. And grief, if it's not dealt with, is going to come out one way or another. And unfortunately, it usually comes out in negative ways that harm other people if it's not dealt with. Yeah, that's so, a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, you see a lot of un- people that go unhealthy routes, right. you know, with certain it, things. It's a and- silly thing. They always say, like, you know, hurt people, hurt people. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but when you're dealing with loss and grief, if you really look at these people that you know have had such great hurts and how they deal with others, I mean, it comes out. You want to be like, well, why is that person that way? Well, mm-hmm. because they have stuff they haven't dealt with. Right. Uh, and we're adults. We should all deal with that. But most of us don't really know how, especially I my personally opinion is that um, most men don't know how to deal with loss. Women are more emotional creatures and it's accepted more that we're allowed to be emotional. And so we, and you know, women connect with other women and we're allowed to be emotional and support each other. I think men, it's like, Hey, I got, yeah. Okay. I'm sad. Okay. Now I'm done with that. And now I got to move on. Cause I, you know, I got to take care of my family. I'm the care, you know, it's all on me. Uh, and I think that they lack skills to know how to deal with the loss and the grief that is healthy so that they can not harm other people in the way that they act or react. Right. Yeah. I think a good point to bring up there is most people, they don't deal with loss a ton. Right. I mean, especially loss of life, like in a family member, you know, growing up, you have grandparents that pass away or, you know, you may have had a friend or two that, you know, but it's not something that I would say the normal human is used. It's not a or like this, an occurrence that happens a ton in their life. So there's a lot of feelings that they're going to have that they're not going to know how to handle. Right. And that's going to, they're going to go, you know, one way or the other. And, uh, you know, bring it to your other point of, especially men, you, we try to be, we try to be macho. We try to be like, yeah, we don't have feelings. Um, and it's, it's the truth for most, for most men. So. Uh, that's some really interesting points you bring up there. And, you know, April, that kind of leads me into something I, I was wanting to ask you about because <laughs> I hadn't heard that before that hurt people hurt people. And you start talking about men that can't, might not be able to deal with things and the kind of the hurt that can come from that. And mm-hmm. something that I've seen in you is that you really have a place in your heart for women who have been abused or been neglected and i mean maybe physically but not always necessarily um and that just seems to be something that you're really passionate about it you know women's retreats and different conversations one-on-one conversations that you have um with women where does that um where's that passion come from why does that touch your heart well um it i guess a lot of it has started a long time ago i think Uh, In my life, I have always been thrown into very uncomfortable situations, um, and it forced me to learn how to be okay in any situations, kind of around anybody, uh, as I was growing up. Um, And then I was in a relationship from a very young age uh, that was toxic and abusive, and um, even though... I didn't really know it then because I was super young. Um, As I got older, obviously, I recognized that. And I was raised in a Christian home to where, like, you you didn't 
we didn't get divorced. So and this is, you know, my first marriage and um, I stuck it out for a lot longer than I should have. And I allowed myself to be treated in a way that I would never let my daughter be treated. And so when I finally, I guess, got the courage to decide that enough was enough and I walked away at that point, obviously I'd been in it so long. There were consequences because, you know, everything in life has consequences, good or bad. Um, and it was hard because I had to come to terms with, first of all, that it was okay for me to do that because for, I stayed longer because it was like, well, I have kids and, uh, I made a commitment and so I have to stay. And so in that I put aside, um, myself and I allowed myself to be treated in a way that I should never have been and that no person should ever um, have to endure. And then when I left, I was reading this, I, someone gave me a book, I don't even remember. Um, and it was about, um, it was about verbal and emotional abuse. And so I was, as I was reading this book, it like, I just had all these, um, I don't really want to say epiphanies, but it was like recognition in this book of like, oh my gosh, this book has literally been the last 10 years of my life of I'm not crazy because, you know, you always, you always think it's us because right. that other person makes you think it's you right. and reading it and going, I'm not crazy. And this was never okay. Um, and so one coming to terms with that, I was important enough to walk away from that, that First of all, God would never want me to allow myself to be treated that way. Um, and then uh, coming to terms with all the damage that had been done and physical damage that was done healed very quickly. But the emotional and the uh, verbal and the spiritual damage took has taken a long time. I would say it, it, it takes a lifetime of healing because even when you start to heal, things happen or, you know, and I know we've had these conversations before of you have a trigger of like, Hey, you, this, you know, you can't ever treat, treat me this way because it triggers this. And then I will, I, I can't, there's certain things I have like boundaries, um, that I just can't have pushed. Like that's it. Okay. And it's because of so, what someone else did to right. me. Right. And, um, I just, I know how long it's taken me to, to get past that. And then how long it took me to be like, I'm, I'm worth something and I should have left a long time ago. And how come I didn't, you know, right. Because you're like, if I would see someone else, I would be like, what is she doing? Why hasn't she left? Right. And so, um, I just have this passion for women that they need to know their worth. And your worth doesn't come from how you look and it doesn't come from how much money you have. Uh, we've talked about this before. We've been poor. We've been rich. Uh, we have been skinny and we have been fat <laughs> together. I don't, I don't think we've ever been rich. <laughs> All right. Let me clarify this. We've been not poor. We've, been, we've definitely been not poor. In all seriousness, we're beyond blessed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and none of that stuff has to do with our self-worth and your happiness. Uh, but it really takes work for women who to get out of that and then to find that in themselves. And so while I don't work like on, I don't have a professional, like, you know, anywhere I work with this, or I can say it's come up time and time again, where I feel like God has put me in 
position to be able to help a woman yeah. that is there because there's nothing like talking about someone who's already been through it right. because other people can say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm here for you. But if you've never experienced it, it is still a different thing for you to be like, I have been there and you're going to be okay. Right. You know, I have been there. You have to get out, you know, or just even recognizing that like, you're not crazy by the way, those things are not okay. Right. So and isn't that what we were talking about before though, too, about, you know, the pain and the things that come from it, that, you know, that something good can come from that. And that's really the hope is that there's some sort of pain or something that you went through that somehow or another can be used to help somebody else. So, well, I would never want you to, I wish you would have never had to have to go through those things. You will be able to relate to people and hopefully help people in ways that other, others might not ever be able to relate to them. And like you said, that might not be something that you do professionally. You're not a doctor or anything like that, but it's, Hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee. Hey, at this weekend away, we're going to do this. Hey, let's go have a glass of wine. And we talk about these type of things and phone calls and text messages. And I see you do that over and over again. So, you know, from I'm not truly on the outside, but a little bit on the outside looking in it, it really seems like you've been able to take some really bad things and use it for some um, to really help and benefit others. And that's, well, that's I think a blessing that, you know, we talked about that book that we're reading when it, it talks about, he talks about his wife and he says, you know, his wife died and they were married, you know, for so many years. And he, he said, God, please don't let me waste this grief because she was too important. It kind of goes to the same thing. Like right. that's the exact same thing. It is. It, that was a lot of years of hell. Yeah. I don't want that wasted. So can we do something with right, it? Right. And I, and that's happened. And I don't, um, I don't, I don't tell everyone my story. Uh, I, I, I think I've told very few people, unless you ask me, uh, you know, most people assume we our children are from, you know, both of us. Nobody, right. most people don't know that right. he adopted my older two. Yeah. Uh, no, we, I don't advertise it. Uh, it just seems to keep coming up where someone needs it. And I happen to have already been there. Yeah. It, it's, I think it's absolutely critical for humans to have that type of outlet. Right. Um, really interesting. I come from a family that dealt with the exact same thing where my dad ended up adopting my now brother, who was my stepbrother for a long time. Um, and both of him and I came from relationships where our mother was abused. And it wasn't my dad abusing my mother. It was my stepdad. And it was his dad abusing his mother, right? So, I mean, look, if you don't have people like this out there helping other people, I mean, it's it's always tough to deal with. Even talking about it on your own, I could tell like it still oh, yeah. it, with not, not just you, like my mom, any other yeah. woman that I talked to that's dealt with something like that, they, they can feel that, that pain that they went through still, but it's tough to do, but it does so much more good than what you ever went through. It's almost like right. you, you know, you sacrificed some time in your life to help other people. That's really important. I mean, but it, it's with anything. Yes. Could be anything. Right. With anything having someone that's already been there is the best. I mean, that's the that's the best kind of support. That's the best ear to listen to, you know, when any of that stuff. It's whatever it is, if someone's already been there, that's going to be the person you want to talk to. Um and so I just 
I don't know. I know where I don't know where it leads. I ha- I never have like, oh, I want to. I'm going to go do this. Or I'm going to do that with it. It's just something in my I guess repertoire that's there, and it comes up, and I just and I I love I love uh, strong women, and um, I I like to hear women who find their own voice and who realize that their opinion matters just as much as anybody else. And I find women uh, in this day and age that even haven't been what I would call abused, but just in relationships that don't know that their voice matters just as much as their spouses. Right. Um, And I know that that crosses over on both sides sometimes, but I'm just, as for me, what I have come across is I find it all the time and I am exceptionally grateful. I don't have that. My voice matters as much as my house, as much as his does. Yeah. And uh, he was, I always tell people giving me Brent was God's way of, uh, fixing and blessing me for the crap in the first place. The time right? you spent right. in the wrong yes. spot. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I just find it all the time that women, like, I just am like, you don't know? you. It's okay for you to have an opinion and yours matters. Like, it's okay. Um, and it's not like, uh, and I'm not like a, no, no, it's not like April's a bra-burning no, feminist or anything, you know? But it's, like, or anything. It's, just, <laughs> it's just being able to have some basic semblance of partnership and I believe in a, in a partnership and that's the big thing. We have a partnership and whether we agree or not, it's hundred percent irrelevant. Oh man. His, his voice matters, but so does mine. And sometimes we're like, you know what? We're not going to agree on this. Fine. And it's okay that you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's okay. That's not going to impact our marriage that you are wrong knows on a I pretty am not wrong. consistent I and frequent I like, basis. I feel like it would impact your relationship <laughs> if, she, if she's wrong. No, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really awesome that we can all laugh about it. But um, just one thing I wanted to say was, yeah, more often than not, it's it's the man being whatever he's being, just being a jerk, being a nar- narcissist to, you know, where they're, his wife or girlfriend, whatever opinion doesn't matter. and I mean, it, it takes people, you know, like yourself that can share that with other people where they can realize and be like, Hey, I need to get out of here. I mean, it's never going to be good. Yeah. You know? and, and oftentimes we've seen that it's hard for women to find, um, somebody to talk to about those things and maybe they're not prepared or, or maybe they don't want to leave a relationship. Maybe it's not necessarily physical abuse, but it's some other sort of an unhealthy, um, thing that's happening in, in there. So um, you know, we're super fortunate that you're able to, to be that for, for others. And we hope that, you know, if there's anybody else that goes through those things, there's a tremendous amount of resources that are out there. You know, we're just getting to learn and, and partner up with the Alliance Against Family Violence and Sexual Assault. And they do some really amazing things in our community here locally and just caring people that really just want to help for, for those type of, of areas. But, um, that's something that I've always loved about you is your, um, desire and your passion and your heart for that. And, um, you know, so grateful that, um, you can be that kind of a confidant for people and, um, and, and that you go and, you know, she never tells me any of the details, just, Hey, I'm going to go meet with this lady and she would, you know, my heart. And so I know that those are the things that it's all I really know, but I know that she's doing something, right. you know, and, and, um, I've always loved that about you. Thank you. Yeah, and yeah, you're not a doctor. You're you're better because you're free. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Someone that's lived and breathed and been right. through it, right? Yes. And then, yeah. 
yeah, at the end of the day, um, you got to have a cup of coffee with another another woman. And uh, more times than not, it's a glass of wine, DT, yeah, more okay. than the coffee, yeah, probably so knowing it's her. Just a walk, <laughs> true, just a walk with moonshine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny. Hey, it helps though. Uh, oh, moonshine will help, help the help relax, help you relax. loosen up a little bit, Tell and, me what really you know, happened. be a little more comfortable. <laughs> so, uh, well, I would say more times than not, it's not uh, a lot of times it isn't, it's not necessarily what I would call a, a typical abusive relationship or. It's just sometimes it's about, you know, just um, finding finding their own voice or, um, you know, understanding that their it's their thoughts and their opinions are valid. And uh, sometimes, especially when we just want to check with another woman, like, am I off on, you know, if I'm, am I way off in here? Right. You know, needing somebody else to go like, yeah, no, that wasn't nice or that's not OK or whatever it is. It's OK uh, to have that. My mom always told me, you know. Um, feelings are not wrong or right. They just are. It's what you do with them because we cannot help in any situation how we feel. We really don't have control over that. But what we do have control over is what we do with them. Right. You know, it's kind of coming full circle. And I don't think she would mind us sharing this, but um, we'll have her listen to it. And if she does, we'll edit it out. But, um, you know, watching our daughter as she's grown, like we because of these things that April's walked through, we made sure that we raised a strong, confident daughter that was going to be a strong woman. And still, even with her walking through things that she's been through in relationships, and we watched her with unhealthy things that have happened to her come back and just be a shell of herself and to develop anxiety and confidence issues that we had to really help her love her through. And she's thankfully been able to kind of get her feet back underneath her and that she's launching and she's flying again. But we know how we loved her. We know how we raised her. We know how we encouraged her. We know how smart and beautiful she is. And, but then to watch her get knocked down that way, uh, you know, that this can happen to anybody in a relationship. And, yes. you know, it's just, um, it's become just in those last couple of year, years, a year and a half or two years walking through that with her is really become even more real to me in seeing how those type of things can happen. And, um, you know, just the importance of having somebody there who can, who they can like some love on them and be there in a completely healthy and appropriate way and encourage them and, and, and walk them through that. Yeah. Well, I think it, um, it is very important for people to understand that it can happen to anybody and at any time even those who you think like our daughter are prepared for that. And it only takes one person um, to inflict that kind of pain. And people who are narcissistic or manipulative are very good at it. People we forget in any kind of relationship with this, or this is a, you know, a spouse, a girlfriend, or even friendships. There are, you know, people that are friendships that are just very manipulative and people who are manipulative um, have usually been doing it for a long time. And so they go through these phases of, if this doesn't work, I do something else. If that doesn't work, I do something else. They usually only have about four or five things in their repertoire and then they start over again, but they will do that. And when they do that, one, two, three, four, and we start over, it beats another person down. And then you start to question yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think for women, especially in, you know, 
the early stages of relationships, unless you are a very strong woman and you have, I think, very uh, close connection with other people that you are keeping in contact and keeping check of the way you're thinking, um, you can get to that place very easily where it's you. You now think it's you because you've been manipulated, right? Slowly. Right. And then it comes bound again. And then now you're thinking it's me. It's not them and not recognizing it. And so I think it can happen to anyone. Cause you know, any, any of us that that happens to you're like, I can't believe I was that stupid. Like how, how did I not see that? Or how did I stay that long? Why? And then it's because these people, we don't think like they do. If you're, unless you're a manipulator, you don't think like a manipulative person does. Right. So when you're like, well, I don't, how did I get there? Well, that's because you don't think that way. Mm -hmm. These people have a very different way of thinking because they don't really care. And when you have new relationships, and I've I've seen this happen a million times, women are very, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, I don't even know what the word is. Like pleasing. They want to be pleasing, right? So you meet this boy, you think he's super great, and then things like he says, you know, it's just an example. I like country music. And then you're like, oh, I love country music. And then he's like, right. oh, I like dirt bike riding. You're like, yeah, I like dirt bike riding. And we're having this great time. And then um, women mature differently than men. And so you say you get married and then all of a sudden a woman grows and you become into your own. It takes a little longer to really, I think, become what I would consider a woman into your own. And then all of a sudden you realize like, no, I really didn't like country music. I liked country music because he liked country music and I liked him and I don't like dirt right bike riding. And then all of a sudden now you have this, th you know, this, oh my gosh, now what, what, wh what have I gotten myself into? Right. Um, and I, I don't know how, how we get that to change. And I am not a woman's lib by any means at all. But I think somehow we have to get our, our daughters to, again, that same voice of I, whatever I think, is all by myself is just as important as everybody else. So I don't need to say, Oh my gosh, I like that too. For somebody to like me. Sure. And you know, it's not just talking about that with our daughter. No, it's incumbent upon us on how we raise our boys, you know, oh, for those type of things too. So, you know, it just struck me when you said that, like, yeah, I mean, but how are we, how are we talking with, with our sons about, you well, know, those type of things. It happens in friendships. People just, yeah. I mean, you could probably, both could probably come up with people that you know in your lives that are not, this is not anything romantic that you would say, oh my gosh, I didn't know till how long later that that person's manipulative. They were manipulating me. They didn't care about me. They were never my friend. Yeah. Friends can be that way. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's important to recognize that. So, so Brent, you didn't marry a doctor, right? I didn't. I mean, that was some really good stuff. It's good, right? It's good. Like it's not. It's not bad, man. Yeah, uh, it's not bad. I like. I think I said that in the first one too. I'm like, I felt like she could be some sort of like a psychologist or something. I remember like that. you texting I'd, me about that. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather not like go like a hundred thousand dollars in debt to send her. You know, some sort of like <laughs> medical school type yeah. thing. Yeah. Just keep it. You know how it is right now. But yep. uh, however, however God can use her to help. Uh, you know. Yeah, meet I, meet people where they are and be used. That's uh, I, I know her heart, and that's what she'd she'd want. So, yeah, a few things I took from that. First of all, I have a young daughter, mm -hmm. so you hearing that from you like scared the shit out of me because <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't want to deal with that, you know. But that's life; it's gonna happen one way or another, right? 
Um, so yeah, I'm not, not looking forward to that time. Um, cause like you said, women grow and you know, it's, it is definitely different from men, especially like, you know, Brent and I, how we grew up as, as young men, like it's way different, you know, um, manipulative people. I have a, um, kind of a lot of experience there because I kind of do have a manipulative personality. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I've been at points in my life where I, I've kind of done that. And I, you're right. Exactly what you said about, they don't care. It's exactly how it gets. Like you don't care what the outcome is, uh, outcome on their end is as long as like your side of it is, you know, handled and taken care of. So that's, I think that's a huge one um, in, in relationships. And then and last, that just kind of goes hand in hand too, sometimes with, with selfishness. And I think we're all naturally designed, you know, designed you look out for yourself sure. and what's your best interest. So you're, you're right. But let me, let me let you off the hook a little bit from what I'm hearing you say, man, is you might not necessarily be manipulative. It's our, it's, it's a little bit of who we are as people to look out for yourself. It, it takes some time and some humility before you start looking at somebody else's best interest ahead of your own. And right. for a lot of people, it doesn't happen until you become a parent. Yeah. I can think of one specific friend, you know, and she broke it down for me in a way. Um, Cindy, as a matter of fact, said, you know, a lot of people can't get to that point in their life until they've had children, until they love something more than themselves, their whole paradigm changes. Yeah. So for you and to say that, you know, maybe you had that, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. I think it could just be our natural desire of being a self-centered people. That's something you have to, 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 to fight, yeah. fight through, man. No, it's I, part I think, of our nature. I think that's fair. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not, unless you're manipulating me into saying these things <laughs> right now and giving you a compliment. Yeah. Dang, dude, you are good. Everybody's manipulative a little bit. That's, that would be ridiculous to say that we're not everybody is in a sense well i think so i think it goes back to being selfish right like i was in a relationship where i wasn't married i wasn't engaged i just you know i always looked out for what i thought was best for me and what i wanted so yeah i totally can see that for sure um the last thing i wanted to say was you're we're talking about relationships i think the biggest thing in a relationship is balance you know how you're saying like totally. my 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 point of view matters, my voice matters. Like, I mean that I think is like kind of like the foundation of a good relationship is ma- maintaining balance. So we've talked about balance in probably av- every aspect of life. I think that that fits in everything, not just in just relationships. Like there always has to be balance um, in anything that you do. I mean, work, right? You, you have to balance work and life. If all you do is work, okay, now you're neglecting that part. Uh, you know, you can't only, you know, you have to, you have to have a job. So you can't just be with your kids all the time. Right. And that goes, I think, in you know, in everything you do, there has to be a balance. If there's overage of anything, it's not good for you. Right. What can you, what do you, what is it like that there could be so much of that? It's good for you. Not almost any, any good, you know, good food for you is still everything in moderation, you drink too much water. It's not good for you. Everything has to be uh, and sometimes it's a juggling act, but you need balance in everywhere in life. Yeah, I think that's becoming more and more one of the core concepts that uh, I think I subscribe to. And I've got, you know, several, you know, the different little uh, different quotes and things that mean something to me that, uh, you know, that as I'm getting older mean more and more. And I've talked before about 
you know, mentors, Sid Hill, Sid Hill talking about, you know, the identifying an end state and not just as a tactical principle, but in life, identifying where you want to go and then building a plan backwards to get there. And Tim Anderson talking to me about round peg, round hole, square peg, square hole, because you learned it in kindergarten. It's still appropriate now in putting the right people in the right positions to be able to succeed, right? And you, there's just all sorts of things that get to it, but really just even the concept, like you said, of balance, of being able to strike one way or another. And I think I'm naturally a person who dives headlong into things. So to be able to have just a little bit of that balance and bringing things back is becoming really, really a critical piece to, to, you know, find some semblance of where, where you, where you actually need to be right. is being able to have a little bit of that, that balance, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important too. And you, it sounds like you go to the grocery store and get one, but when you pick a partner, it's really important that they balance you, right? You can't have um, two high strung people or two people that are lazy or two, you know what I mean? Like picking someone who picks you up when you're down or who uh, says like, Hey, you know, we've had these conversations when I'm like, Hey, uh, by the way, your work, work, it's off balance. You are working way too much and you're, I can tell because I can see the stress in your face all the time. Like you need some balance here. I think that's important when you have a partner, um, to have someone that you guys are able to with each other, be like, Hey, you're out of balance. Yeah. Um, and anything in life, like you're whatever it is like, Hey, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you work out, but you're out of balance. You can't go, you know, 15 times a week because now you're not doing these other things, whatever it is, just have some balance. Yeah. No, that's very, very important. This is on a very minuscule scale, but I'm a gamer. Okay. Well, I'm not like a super not crazy gamer, but no, not at all. <laughs> but, uh, love to play video games. Right. Yeah. And so every once in a while, my, my wife will be like, dude, you need to chill. Like you're playing way too much. <laughs> and it's like very, very minor, but it's so true. Like, you know, I'll be off bullshitting on there. And then, you know, she'd be like, okay, you need to dial it back, dude. Like you're, yes. you're playing way too much. And like, I, it's stupid, man. Like I got a daughter, like, what am I doing? But it's funny. Cause half the time she's in there with me, like hanging out with me and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, having, having that, um, that person that can balance you out is very, very important. See, and I don't play video games, but there's sometimes that because our youngest two, they love playing video games. I don't know how to play any of the video games. No. So like, I need to learn a little bit of video games you know, so I might be able to play with them. It's crazy, man. Like, I'm kind of a, the time frame that I grew up, like, you know, I was still, I was young and playing outside before internet, before yeah. video games, you know, but like later in my life, that stuff became super popular. Right. To where like I like kind of got like a, a mesh of both of it. So like, you know, depending on the day, I'll be outside doing whatever, playing sports, whatever. But, you know, for the next couple of days, I'll be in playing video games. It's really weird. But kids, your kids age, they have know. no chance. I mean, we like make them go outside and play. Yeah, exactly. Like video games are like shoved down their throat. You know, it's, know, it's crazy. There was a video games when I was growing up. My parents would know. I think my mom might've been like the mom from the water boy. She's like, <laughs> video games are the devil. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was never hey, allowed to, lot, I was lot, never allowed to play video games, bro. A lot games, of people bro. thought that, man. Like, I never really, had, really, I never really. got to play no video games. Like mom, it's just Mario brothers. What are you talking about? But I couldn't even get a Nintendo in my house, dude. It just <laughs> oh jacked up. Uh, that's funny. Man. Okay. When I was young, there <laughs> 
<laughs> they, the video games hadn't been invented yet when you were young. <laughs> it's, like, it's because like, you're older than DT and I. <laughs> yes, I am. And wiser. But anyways. <laughs> I could agree with that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Or was it Pong? You know, the thing. Uh-huh. The yeah, boing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boing. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that came out when I was young. That's funny. I remember man. being older, you know, in high school when my brother got the first Nintendo that came out and uh, playing him playing Mario. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like Mario Kart then. It was just Mario no, Brothers, just, right? just straight up Mario. Yeah, and yeah. taking like the thing out when it wouldn't work and blowing on it, yep. putting it back that's in just, there. That's classic. Like right. I'm reliving my childhood. I always right. wanted to play that Duck Hunt game where it had like the pistol yeah. on it. Now you, that's the game right see, there. See, that seems so cool. I was always super jealous. I know. I always you wanted one of those. Nerd. Don't bring that game out now today. It won't go anywhere. Yeah. It'll get shut down <laughs> immediately. Oh, it's got a gun? No, it's, it's got not, a gun. No. PETA, animal cruelty yeah. or something. Oh my gosh. No, that game is a lot of fun. Get drunk and play that game. <laughs> I, I we went might camping. even bring it in here. We'll get, yeah. have April make some moonshine no and we'll shit, get Duck man. Hunt out. <laughs> I went camping one time and uh, the place we, okay, it wasn't camping. It was a cabin. So anyway, we went and uh, the place we had had that and we're like all shit housed. <laughs> and this chick's like, one of my buddy's girlfriends at the time, she was like, man, I'm so good at this game. And I'm like, bullshit. Like, Dude, she kicked everyone's ass. It was that duck hunt game. Dude. She would like top score every time. I'm like, there's, she, she, she was cheating somehow. <laughs> but uh, it's fun to play, man. That's a really fun game, actually. It's fun to play. It's funny. Whoa. This is a good time. DT, I think yeah. this is a good time to wrap it up. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think April we- till our next date night conversation. <laughs> I love you. And I appreciate you. And, uh, DT, thanks for having us at Powerhouse Podcasting. Hell yeah. Now we're talking about now, free ads. Now we're talking about Powerhouse <laughs> Podcasting. Yeah. This is the place to be. Yep. Thanks for having us at the studio. We can't wait to come back for episode number three. Who knows what we're going to talk about? Yep. We don't know. That's I think half, the, half the fun. That's what's really cool about this podcast, man. It's like it could go in any direction. I mean, we had an agenda and we kind of like we did the agenda, but there was other stuff, you know, that oh, got thrown in there, which... I mean, look, any mom and dad, anyone in a relationship driving home from work, uh, especially the ones that have a, a commute, like this is just really good content, man. So I'm really happy to to be here and have you guys. Well, it's our hope. It's our hope that just being able to talk that somebody can take just a kernel of something that might help them in their lives. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's Maybe the hope. make them laugh. Too. Maybe make them laugh just a, just a little bit. Yep. Sounds good. Okay. All right, guys. Pleasure. Thanks so much, and we'll uh, catch you on the next one. Yeah, that kind of man.